This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. So this is this is interesting, this chat, because at the beginning of it, Mark was sat here with the most furrowed of brows, not knowing what the hell he was going to talk about and whether this was even, it could be a meaningful conversation. What did you feel by the end of it? I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I literally don't want to talk to you. It's about talking to your kids and whether your kids talk to you enough or why they don't talk to us enough, how we'd like them to talk to us more. And some really good insight came, as usual, from Maddie and Carlitos. I mean, if you listen to them really carefully, they will give you, they don't realise they are, one, two, three, four, five points on what you have to do and where we're going wrong. They don't deliver it in that way, but if you listen closely, you will hear it. I'm not going to say much. (laughs) Hello, hello, wherever you are in the world. Mark's sitting here with a very furrowed brow because he says he doesn't really understand the question. <laughs> I don't. I genuinely don't understand the question today. Okay, so the other day I, I did a call out on my Instagram and I said, if you are a parent of a teen, you have undoubtedly suffered a period of time where your teenager has broken away from me. I remember a friend of mine saying, oh, this feels like I've been dumped by my favourite boyfriend, uh, has pulled away from you and suddenly doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Really, probably only wants to grunt at you when they want food or money or a lift. And I asked how that felt, because it is like a grief when you... If you feel like you, it's such, such a feeling of loss, isn't it? It is a bit like being dumped or the boy or the girl that you fancy has gone a bit cool at you, mm. cool with you. Um, so I asked people to tell us how, how that's gone for them and how maybe they've tried to communicate sort of how things may have failed and how things may have succeeded. And I also did a call out. I'm not sure yet. We've got the answers here, but I'm not sure yet if any young people did get in contact. I think one or two did to ask them and say, where do we go wrong? What is it about the way we ask you, young people, what's going on in your head, what's going on in your life, why you seem so down, why you seem moody, why you don't seem to want to spend any time with us anymore? What's the best way for us to approach you? What's, what are the things that we do right and what are the things that we do wrong? We've also asked Carlitos and Maddie to contribute to that particular question. <laughs> Whether we get any answers... Usually what we want from these conversations is the te- conversation is the teeniest bit of self on our own pain, don't we? We do, yeah. I still don't really understand what we're <laughs> oh, talking about. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> so we're talking about kids that don't talk to you anymore. You teenage, why are you being so stupid no, about no, no, this? No, because, no. You talk to me all the time about this. Yeah. This is your biggest it, thing. It chimes with the thing that you often say to me, I'll get over it, don't be so silly, which is... When do I ever say, oh, no, get no, over no, it? You <laughs> not listen to the long verse just because you don't feel it, which is the sense that I they're do. growing up and growing away. Oh, I do away. feel it. I no, do no, feel No, but I think for dads with girls, it's infinitely, it's more extreme. I, no, I do feel it, and I feel it very keenly, but I accept it. It's the part. It's the next part of of Can't being a parent. That sounds so yoga. No, but I do. I know. What no, am I going to do? Stand there no, crying in the middle of yeah, a field? We all accept that the things just life carries on, and the things are that are not pleasant happen. But I mean, it's you can still have a negative feeling about it without disagreeing that it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? And and so for me, this what I'm trying to say is this sits in the same category as children growing up and and moving away from you. I think I think conversationally, if I think back to when I was a child, I was trying to think, I used to have conversations with my mum about books, not surprisingly, because I was studying English when she was a librarian. But there came a point... Still your main topic of conversation with your mum. But there came a point where I really didn't want to talk to her because in that, in that spirit of teenage rebellion... I thought she was a bit of a wanker in what she said. Mm. And so 
and I, and I think talking to your parents is all part, or not talking to your parents, is all part of the rebellion, rebelliousness. You know, I suppose when I was a teenager, the reason I didn't want to talk so much to my mum or my nan was I didn't want them to clip my wings. I didn't want them to tell me what I should do. I didn't well, see, that's very interesting because that's what I'm hoping we get some of from, from even just one young person today. Tell us. Right. Tell us what goes on. And I would say we've learned a lot with our girls. I mean, even in last week's uh, podcast, Maddie said, I don't understand. Oh, no, it was a conversation Maddie and I were having. Maddie said, I just don't understand these parents that want to know everything. Yeah. Like she said, practically every young person has a second Instagram or Twitter account, whatever they have. They don't have Twitter at their age. Um, and it's called their private account. And that means f- certain friends and certainly no family would be on that private account. And she said, I don't understand why when some parents find this out, they get so upset. Mm. And she said, because I, we don't want our parents to see certain things and surely you don't want to see them. Of course, my, our minds run wild. We think, what are you yeah. talking about? What are you posting? But... I get it. I said to her, yeah, I don't want to know every single thing you're doing. Mm. I really don't. And I I said to her, I think what it is, is that parents get frightened. We're so used when you're small that we have to know everything to protect you. And then you grow up. And the world seems even more dangerous. We thought the most dangerous bit was when you were going to maybe stick your fingers in the pl- in the plug holes or, you know, uh, uh, you know, drown in the bath. But yeah, actually, as you get older, we get more scared. We get more scared. And so it's very, very difficult for us to dis- dis- de-engage, disengage ourselves from everything that you do. It's, I said to her, it's hard. What you've got to understand, it's hard. And we do do that. Mm. We don't ask them anything about their private accounts. Mm. We say to them, um, you know, if it's something you want to tell us, then you can tell us. But we've learned the hard way with that. We used to drive them mad. We used to drive Maddie mad, asking her, what's the matter, what's the matter, what's the matter the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I suppose... Because she used to be such a sunny child, and then suddenly she went very dark and morose and quiet. Yeah. And you imagine everything, you imagine... I mean, I don't know, listen, if it's the same with you. When your child goes dark and morose, what do we all do? We think we think about all the articles we've read where it says, look for signs of depression. You know, these are the signs, da-da-da. Look for signs of drugs. These are the signs, da-da-da. Look for signs that they may be being bullied online, blah-blah-blah. There's a lot that we're, that's thrown at us as parents that we're supposed to look out for. But everything you're looking out for is what defines a teenager. Exactly, that vigilance. How, that... how are things for you? Do you remember a point where you stopped? Because you have a very... I mean, you talk to your parents as an adult. Have you always talked to your parents? Did you have a point in your life? Well, my where parents you... were. My mom was really strict, so my mom was a mum, and that was it. There well, was would no she friendship. Ask too many questions? Would she want to know too much? Uh, no. It doesn't sound like she did. No. No, if anything, I would have liked to have asked a few more questions. I think right. I think they, but now I understand it because I'm a bit like her. I retreat because I know there's something that is just very private going on. Right. You know, either it's a row with a boyfriend or, you know, whatever it is. And I and it's not my place to know it all. I'm yeah. there. They always know we are there. We'd, I call it, I said to my dad the other day, well, my dad was questioning some of his parenting the parenting that he's done. And it's interesting, you know, sitting talking to my dad at 88 with some of his regrets. Yeah. And he was saying, oh, I wish I'd done that. And I wish I'd... And I said, Dad, at your age, just sit and work and look at what you did right. Yeah. Because you did so much right. Um, but... But, I mean, there's two things here. I'm just trying... I'm, I'm still trying to kind of disentangle the bits and bobs. So there's... When I think back to when I was younger, and we always do this, listeners, it's sometimes really useful to go back to what we did and then to look at what we're doing as parents and as kids. Um, there was the me talking to my mum. I suppose, if I'm honest, nothing would have compelled me or impelled me to, to talk to my mum if I didn't have to. You know, I didn't want to talk to her. There was no thought where, oh, I must talk to mum. You know, I'd ask her about a book. Oh, have, you got, have you got a book? She would... Was she... There was a certain point in my life where she would ask questions... 
and it was she was too nosy and she just wanted to know stuff for that and so you felt team. she was nosy rather than really was interested Precisely. in you. And Precisely. I think that's a really good point. Are you really interested? Because I, I had that period of time, and this might be a little salve for, for a listener, you know, where I did that sod dog, by the way, not Mark Stomach, where I was like, I don't want to tell my mum anything. And then my mum and I became friends almost on the day that I was 18. I, it, my mum my must have gone, OK, my job as a parent now is done. And then, and then we became friends and we used to holiday together. We'd go out mm. together. She'd always come over. If I had friends over, she would drink with us. We would talk. We would, there was just, it's just quite extraordinary after such a strict childhood. She suddenly became my friend. Mm. And it was really, really lovely, really lovely. I mean, she's not a great one for dishing out advice. She's not that sort of mum, mm. but she would listen properly listen and she would listen for hours if she needed me to if I'm trying to work out what's better because when I when I look at our girls and I think again I want to really do want to talk about there is a completely different perspective on this depending on the gender of the parent Mm. I think you know dads have a different experience I don't obviously I don't know I don't have any boys Uh, dads have a different experience I have definitely a different experience of all of my girls as they enter their teenage years in terms of how much they've talked to me because I'm one of those dads who does does want to know everything and has had to learn not to know everything mm. out of respect for them. Um, only ever coming from a place of care, but a place of care to a kid can also be a place of interference, control, mistrust, all those kinds of things. Um, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm trying to work out. I wonder what is better for children. You know, knowing you have parents that do want to know and ask questions so that you have the choice to not talk to them, Mm. or kids that have parents that aren't at all fucking interested whatsoever and realise there's no point in talking to them. Surely that's no good. Well, no, exactly. I mean, we've learned. That's the one is a huge number of of kids. Now, I think I fell into that category. My mum was just lucky that I was a good kid. Do you know what I mean? I I wasn't getting up to terrible... I mean, I was getting up to some terrible things, but I wasn't getting up to terrible, terrible things. Um, you didn't come completely off no. the rails. And so I suppose, so when I look back and I think, oh, was I wrong to do this? Should we have not asked so many questions? Should I have not constantly wanted to know that? Did a yeah. Part of me is thinking, well, actually, you know what? This is collateral damage. They're not talking to me and them getting a bit annoyed about that because what I was trying to invest in them was a sense of love, uh, safety, security, and the knowledge mm. that if anything, if they were worrying about anything, they could talk to me. And also, and also we carry our childhood into our parenting. So... You probably went a bit too far, but your intention was only good. And I would say that whatever mistake you've made from me witnessing with the girls, they understand your intention. They wholeheartedly know your intention. You've shared with them all the details of your childhood and what it was like. So they know they know that they know they know where it comes from. And interestingly, my older girls don't because they haven't actually grown up with me. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it was funny. I was. I was well, they do. They well, know. They, they, they do. know they, what you. What your do. childhood was. But like. I think again, this is this is a really important aspect of um, of parenting. Is is you know, lots of listeners will have split homes, absent parents, single parents, all that kind of stuff. You know, and as the parent of two girls, who I'm essentially an absent parent. I was talking to my mum about this last night. I have no control or input, not even control, because that sounds like you want to control the narrative. I have no input on the narrative they develop of me. And, you know, I think it's it's hard to maintain the fact that I'm a human as a dad to them, simply because I don't see them, I haven't seen them as much in their their growing up. So when it comes to conversations and discussions with, with my older girls, and they're older. It necessarily is on a much more formal basis. I think it's really difficult for absent parents mm. to have that informality in the way you talk mm. with each other. Hanging out. Yeah, yeah, hanging out. Or, the or, feeling or, of hanging out when you talk yeah. rather than sit down and, and having a discussion. Yeah, so yeah. I think, you know, those weekends I used to have the girls, I really wanted to You were to frantically trying to make up, yeah. I wanted to know as yeah. much as I possibly could. Now, that will have come across definitely as hectoring yeah. or... Oh, well, I remember witnessing that. And it's really, yeah. really counter... To, to be an absent parent and be told, don't ask as much, you don't know how difficult that is. No, I do, I do, I do. Because, I mean, I as a step-parent, I mm. wanted to know as well, you know, what was going on with them and how they were. But obviously, yeah, you would... 
you would. You'd want to make up that time. And the thing is with a teenager, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. And I would say even in our relationship, you get very impatient for an answer. And I think, again, that comes from your childhood and having to hector and badger to get the attention that you needed. So you would be like, you know, I can imagine you as a child going, but what, when are you coming home? But when are you coming home? But when are you go? And you can be, you can be badgering mm. because you're... You know, you, 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 because of your insecurities around that. Mm. So, I agree. I mean, I know what you're saying. But you've about got, the, I mean, I God, you've learned some... thing. But interestingly, and I'm, I'm trying to be searingly honest here, you know, I was, I, I, I had to be patient around Fleur and Izzy's teenagers, and I missed their teenagers. Yeah, but the difficult thing was, was that you were, all your patience, they didn't see. Precisely. Because your patience was when you couldn't see them. Yeah. And then when you saw them, what they saw was your impatience yeah. to try and fix all the time when you weren't seeing them because you're seeing them once every two weeks. So you know. lies the and that's the nightmare. Because, because that trickles into the adult relationship. Yeah. Now, I mean, I jokingly said to Izzy the other day, and she was horrified when I said this, and part of it is obviously the pandemic. I said, if Izzy's we, Mark's eldest. Yeah, I said, if we carry on seeing each other with this level of frequency, I said, I'm going to see you 26 more times before I'm dead. <laughs> and she stopped as we were getting in the car. She said, Dad, I said, well, we have to look at these statistics. Oh, had you said that? I said, we yeah. have to look at these statistics. I said, literally, I said, I'm looking at, in my diary, a very finite number of times we're going to manage to see each other. Now, that's a combination. Well, obviously, pandemic is the main thing. But that level of disconnect or distance that can creep in is 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 sadly symptomatic of what happens to a lot of the majority of dads across this country a lot of that aren't interested but for those who are and and feel deeply deeply connected or want to feel more connected with their kids it's quite heartbreaking i was talking about this with my mum last night it's quite heartbreaking so those conversations which i used to have all the time with izzy and fleur when you're an absent parent and that teenage moment hits and the conversations go it's a big moment because mm. it's very hard even in adult life to get them back. That informality of conversation. Of course, we have conversations, we talk about stuff. But it's tough. It's really, really tough. And so I think sometimes when I feel that there's an imbalance in how much I overhear you and the girls chatting, 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 chatting about all sorts of, you know, boyfriends and boys and, and annoying friends and all that kind of stuff, I'd be lying if I didn't say I feel... Oh, man, this is happening in a different way, even with the girls that I live with. And that's the lot of being a dad. That's a different, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't think I've ever heard any dads talk about that. You can be in a, in a house full of women and feel very outside of what they talk mm. about. Well, I've got friends who are, who are mums in a very male house where it's all sons and they feel that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right son, that, it's very different. I do think that it's, it, you're an only child. You being an only child and you being having had the childhood that you have, you do, even when you're right in the middle of something, you feel like you're on the outside of something. Mm. I've always, in any situation... That's you, toffee, by the way. That's, that's hot. It's very hard to concentrate with that one around my feet. You know, it is the way that you lean more is that you're on the outside. I mean, entire time that I've been a mum, I have felt that I am on the outside. Like, like so much, like, I don't, I think what you're feeling is what we all feel at times. Right. There's this finite moment at this moment in the last year where they're both going through a lot of boy stuff that they won't talk to you about. No, no, no. I'm because they that. don't I'm want that. I'm you. I'm not in the other room crying. No, that they, I didn't say you. No, no, no. Have we got to you in the no, other room? The way crying. I said it, I, said, I thought, oh, no, no, I'm not being, I'm not being, a, what do you call a pick me dad? <laughs> I mean, I, no, I was just I, saying it's a fact. I just noticed it. No, but what I'm thinking, oh, my God. What I'm trying to explain, and I think this is where we'll get to anyway with this whole conversation, is that it is waves. And, and, you know, you went back to saying, if we go back to saying, well, I've got acceptance, she goes, oh, that just sounds so yogic. 
It really is the only way through because with children, there are waves. When I think about my relationship with my parents, the deepest, most meaningful, longest relationship that any of us will have in our entire life is that because even when they're gone, that the deep roots of that relationship, whether it was a good or bad one, are there and they affect you every day. And they are waves, massive waves. You know, they will, this, when they are more settled with what sort of woman they are and what sort of girl they're going to be in a relationship, it will settle and it will, it will, you know, the two waves will meet and it will, it will just meander down a river for many years, I think. But at the moment, it's just a bit stormy. I'm a bit cynical about all of this because as I, I get back to what I said to Izzy. If you hang around waiting for a little bit too long, you, have, you find yourself having waited. When did anyone say you hang around and wait? Well, you're, you're, this way you're struggling wait. with you're, the you're, patience. You're, it is yogi and... No, no, and you're struggling. in the corner doing the lotus position, standing on one leg. Yeah, I will wait. And then suddenly you're dead. You didn't say wait. I said accept that there are waves. I didn't say wait. What would you wait for? Um, see, see what, see what he does there. He, 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 he. I always say this about Mike. He puts the rugby ball under his arm and runs with it. So he's decided what I think, and that's not what I think. I think that you have to be. It's this again. It's so bloody hard as parents, isn't it? It's that sort of. You have to be sort of. Totally present, mm. but look like that. Yeah, you look like alert, you're not, but, totally sort of but you're the, the, you're inactive. Yeah. <laughs> you need to look really cool and sort of relaxed when inside you're panic stricken. We go back to the job description podcast of last week, which if you haven't listened to, you must listen to because it was all that. You know, you just got to be yeah. wait. You're twenty four seven. You're on call well, with no sick pay, no holiday pay, no, no nothing. And this is. This, that conversation feeds really well into this because it is about being 24-7. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's my friend Lisa says, you know, she'll spend days and days trying to get a conversation out and then two o'clock in the morning they might come in when she's got to get up at half past three and go, can I talk? And you do, you say yes. But there are many times where the conversation starts to come towards you and you're like, I can't do this. I'm literally, I'm, I literally, <laughs> you know, I'm this. in the darkest place I've ever been in my entire existence and you're now coming to me with a great big conversation. Oh my God. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is, you know, you were saying earlier, I think we're going to talk about what would you most like your team to talk to you about? There's also a lot of things you just don't want your team to talk to you about. I mean, you know, careful, careful what you wish for because success is a spike only if you should sit on as much as you don't want to know. I mean, well, that, but that's good. But that's good, and that's what Maddie says. Yeah. That's what Maddie says is a key to having a good relationship with your yeah. teenager is to accept that those things that you don't really want to know, you probably shouldn't know, and your team mm. doesn't want you to know. So maybe why they sometimes retract from any conversation is that they're scared about where the conversation could go. Where the edges of for, conversation. For instance, are. if you're wanting to find something out about you've heard about some boy or something you will go you'll do it all jokingly but it's relent that's the rhythm of what you speak whereas i will say oh i just float on a lilo so you know fucking homing and i spend a long time getting there but you're in the car right so i've heard about this so you were on the phone yesterday who was that and you do it very jokingly (laughs) and they find it very funny and they love it and it's part of them letting letting us know what's happening but you're not (laughs) gonna get the deep conversation with the nuances of what they're feeling emotionally from that kind of approach but that approach is because Fucking don't want them to have any boyfriends. <laughs> you just don't want them to. I've left the room, listener. She's clo- he's closing the door. You don't want them to, whereas I, even if I'm thinking, oh God, I'll go, oh, how lovely. And how's that left you feeling? And and what is he kind? Is he this? Is he that? But you won't do that because you don't want to do that because you're their dad and you still get a bit jealous. No one's kind enough. No, exactly. However nice they so, are. so your role in in this new part of their lives is to be that dad, and you act like that. Oh, you know, any problems, and I'll run him over. You know, that sort of. That's your sort of. That's your shtick, if you like. That's your turn. Yeah. But with that turn, there are restrictions on what they say. I think one thing that I would say, and this is a bit more lighthearted uh, or not so serious. Um, 
One thing that I do notice changes is there comes a point where your kids, for example, me and the girls have always connected over film and, and music and stuff like that. There does come a point at which even if you're kind of plugged in in the way that I know I am into sort of what, what the current films are and da-da-da, they want to go their own route. Of course and, they yeah, do. Yeah, and that's absolutely necessary and that's absolutely right. But it, what it does necessitate is that your shared areas of conversation diminish. So, you, you know, like the other day, I was like, oh, so Spider-Man No Way Home. There was da-da-da-da, and it's met with a blank expression because neither of them really want to go and see it. And it's it's acknowledging and accepting. That's not even growing up either, you know. That's just like different priorities, different things to be into. So conversation, shared topics of conversation outside of shift. boys and girls shift and, and minimise. It's just a fact, and I suppose it's a I wanted to go to Disney on Ice this Christmas, but they didn't want to. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. It changes. Yeah. It all changes. I mean, I suppose, you know, again, it's all part of them growing up and growing away. Of course it is. And that's when I talk about the acceptance. I'm not saying you can't feel the sadness of it. Yeah. But you can't rail against it. We can't change it. No. So how do we go with it? How do we go with the flow and enjoy it as much as we can? Okay, well, let's have a listen to... What did you ask Maddie and Carlitos? Oh, God, I can't remember. Okay, we'll have to just listen. listen. Um, so communication between teenagers and parents, I know, is, like, a really difficult thing to try and um, manage as a parent, I'm sure. Um, I think it is difficult because I know myself, it's like you kind of, as a teenager, want to be asked what's wrong and... You kind of want somebody to pick up on whether something is up without actually having to discuss it or, yeah, like, go into the detail of what it is that's going on. You kind of... I know that sometimes I just kind of want an understanding that I'm going through something but not actually talk about it, but I understand that for a parent that's hard because, you know, if you can sense that your child's down or something, then you want to know why and so you can help them and everything. Um... And I think, I don't know, I think it's really important for parents to know that their kid will, like, their teen will kind of come to them when they really need them. And I think it's about being present enough and making it known to your teen that, like, you would be available if if they do need you and if they are going to come and talk to you about something and they want your help, that they feel able to do that. Because I feel like a lot of teens just don't feel like their parents are even there for them in that way I don't feel that with my parents but yeah I don't know it it is complicated because I feel like teens themselves are confused about what's going on for them and emotions are complicated and stuff and you can't really make sense of them yourself so you don't really know what you want from your parent in that sense um and I think it kind of comes back to the thing of like you always want what you don't have I mean a lot of kids that have parents that don't ask them what's wrong would do anything for their parents to, like, notice and ask them what's up and talk to them about and help them. And then teens that have parents that are, like, emotionally available and want to talk about it tend to, like, shut off and then not want to talk about it. So it is, like, complicated and it's weird. Um, I think, like, examples of when my parents have tried to talk about something with me and it's just felt, you know, weird and, like, I haven't wanted to. I think sometimes, like, if I'm in the car with Dad, it will be, like... So, um, I don't know, it's kind of almost, <laughs> like, a bit awkward because it's like, oh, so, um, you know, what's going on in your life? Or, like, mum would do the similar thing and it would just be like, so what's happening with your life at the moment? And it's kind of like, well, that's a big question. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Or, you know, mum will say something, tell me a secret that you've, like, never told me before then. Like, tell me something that you've never... You've, like, been too scared to tell me or something before. And then I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what it is. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it kind of comes from a place of feeling awkward to kind of talk about how you're feeling when it's somebody else approaching you first. I think it's fine when it's, like, you yourself have approached a person and have kind of, like, reached out to them and want to talk about it. But I feel like whenever somebody kind of asks um, in a way that's, like oh, so, you know, what's going on for you? Like, why? What's up? You know, I don't... I I can't quite describe it, but just sometimes it feels like an awkward approach to it and then it's almost like I don't really feel like this is the right time or it's not the right scenario in order, like, in which for me to just kind of open up and talk about how I'm feeling. It just feels weird sometimes. Um, 
And I think, hopefully, you know, as if a teen is really going through it, then they're going to come and talk to you about what is up and they're going to approach you about it. I think it is also really important for parents to understand that there is just a lot of stuff that they're not going to tell them about and there is going to be a lot of, like, worrying things probably happening to your teen that they don't want to talk to you about. And I think it is kind of having to just understand that that is the case, you know, as hard as it is to... Um, not know what's going on in their life and worrying about them. I just think as a parent, it's so important to just respect that privacy. I know that when I'm a parent, I'm as worried as I'm going to feel. I'm never going to kind of put that pressure on my children that I'm worrying. I think a lot of parents, sometimes mine do it as well. It's like put a pressure on you on how much they're worrying. And then you're like, now I feel bad that you're worrying, but this is just how I'm feeling. And I just want to feel it without feeling guilty about making you worry. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. I, I'm very confused myself as to how I open up to people. Um, I talk to my friends mostly about stuff just because I feel like they'll relate more and understand. Um, not because my parents don't have an understanding of, like, mental health and stuff, but I feel the stuff that goes on for people this age now is a lot different to when you know, our parents were our age. And obviously with a global pandemic and all of that, I just feel like sometimes it's easier to just talk to friends about it because we're all going through the same stuff. Um, and sometimes advice from a friend is better than parents' advice because I think a lot of parents approach advice from a, like an adult perspective and it's just realistically not how you would handle the situation at this age. Um, but... Like, every now and then when my parents kind of reach out to me first and ask if I'm OK, like, if I'm feeling bad enough, then I will open up. But I am quite clo closed-off person with my parents when it comes to this stuff. I feel like I'm quite open with my friends when I'm feeling down, but I am just one of those people that's really bad at talking to my parents, even though I know that they're emotionally available there for me and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so it is a really hard thing for parents to kind of handle. And I don't really know the best way to approach it because I feel like it really depends on your child. And if you understand your child, then you will have more of an understanding on how to, like, approach the situation. Um, but I feel like, yeah, the most important thing is to just have your child know that you're there if they need you and to respect their privacy and ask them in a way that's not kind of confronting or awkward. Sometimes I feel like when I'm asked, it's kind of confronting me or it's coming from a place of, I don't know, you've created a strange atmosphere, so what's wrong? Do you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I think it's important to just not make them feel guilty for feeling the way they do. But with that being said, like, my parents are really good at just... Like, I always know that they're there for me. It's just I'm really bad at coming to them about stuff that's going on with myself. And it is a thing of kind of wanting my own private stuff. And there is some stuff that I just wouldn't <laughs> tell my parents, you know, because you just wouldn't tell your parents some stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's more people just need to start to understand that when their child is a teen, the communication is going to be difficult and that will eventually get better. But the teenager themselves don't really know what's going on for them. Therefore, they're not going to really know the best answers and they're not going to really know how to communicate well because they're really struggling themselves. Well, I think there's a lot of good advice then. That Maddie, was. thank you for acknowledging that it's complicated and weird, inverted commas, because yes. it is complicated and weird. And also acknowledging um, that she, she in herself struggles to share. Yeah, you know? well, also that she said... I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. So we're confused and they're confused. Yeah. And that, and you know, I hate to say this, Mark, in that she was talking about have acceptance because mm. all teenagers are going to go through this. Mm. All teenagers are going to have periods of time where they find it difficult to talk to you. The only true answer that I heard in there was be available. Yeah, no, Let exactly. them know you're yeah. there when they were, and they will come, and also accept there is some shit I ain't ever going to say. And, of course, we both looked at each other and went, what? But also, I thought what was... <laughs> what really, is it? Yeah, I thought what was really key in what she was saying to listeners, so any listeners who are struggling in your communication with your kids, 
perhaps frustrated or worried or scared that your teenager isn't giving you straight answers or da da da. I thought the thing that she really said at the end there really she, it was a bit of a throwaway comment, but which was key, is that we're seeking coherence from our teens. Like, why is that? Why are you looking like that? Why are you feeling like that? What's going on for you? And you're seeking coherence from uh, a creature, a teenager that doesn't know. She doesn't know. So exactly. forcing them to yeah. put it into words is yeah. like forcing a, an animal into the yeah. corner of its cage and saying, come on, come yeah. on, tell me stuff. Yeah. And so, so that's... They're working the it out. Yeah. They're trying to... What is it? They're 40,000 thoughts a day or something. Mm. They're trying to actually work it out. And if they've got somebody keep knocking on the door, going, oh, tell what me, tell me, exactly. tell me. Yeah, we have to give them space to breathe. I really like what out. she also said about the pressure on a teenager, or certainly on her, of knowing parents are worrying. Well, that was a biggie, wasn't well, it? it? Because it's like, I'm sorry, but... Because part of making yourself, and that's the dichotomy as a parent, because part of making yourself available or, feel, you know, making your teenager feel that you're always available is unfortunately worrying. Like when she said, you know, if you ask me because the atmosphere has changed, what's the matter? But that's human. Mm. So it, it feels very dark in here at the moment since yeah. you walked in. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's us picking up. So, I mean, what was great about what she was saying, she confirms that it's completely impossible. What they need yes. is can be, they want us to be there and present and ask, because she did say you do want to be asked when you're feeling yeah, she down. She wants us to know something's up. But she, but she doesn't want to, yeah, to follow through so, on it. So we're stitched up like kippers, basically. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, it was interesting to hear her say the thing I was, she said it much more articulately than me earlier when I said, there's a real difference for those kids that have parents who want to know everything mm. and those kids that have parents who want to know nothing. I know, so I it's know. it's important to remember that. that for I as, know. As many of us parents... They want know, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. She'll talk to friends that have parents who are completely yeah, disengaged, like going, God, you're lucky. Yeah, and she'll be sitting there going, oh, my bloody parents drive yeah. me mad. They care so much. They're so killing this, me. <laughs> the grass is always greener, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's hear from Carlitos. Oh, yes, please. First of all, I think it just depends on the relationship between a parent and a child and how child feels towards the parent and of and of course the situation as well um i don't know it's kind of a weird one um my parents tend to do uh well, well i guess you'd say it's the right thing because they're really good at reading me so if i'm in a mood or being grumpy they know if they should talk to me or or just leave me alone for a bit you know sometimes we all just want to be left alone for a bit um, they just tend to approach with kindness, even if I'm in a funk, um, you know, just very gently. And I, I feel like they respect me. And even though my mouth might say something else, I know that they're being caring and kind and have my best intentions at heart, you know, even though I might snap or something. And we all do, which we all do. We, that we still love them, um, you know. And I do, I do think, like I said, it, it really depends on who the child is and the personality and the parent and the parenting type, you know. It just, it really depends on everything. You know, you might not have that relationship with your child where you can go up to them and just talk to them about their day. You know, it, it really depends. Or, or some kids may not feel like they can approach their parents um, and share their share their day. Some Some children might not want to share anything with you because... That's just the relationship. Some kids may be more open to sharing things with you. They're, they're, so there is a real variety, and I can only speak from my personal experience or from, you know, what I'm guessing. Um, but I know of other kids and their parents don't help situations. Um, yeah, I, th I think before you even start the conversation, you have to have empathy or an understanding for why they might be in a funk. Um, you know, maybe a bad day at school or something. Um, you know, we we know parents go through so many stresses, but as teenagers, there are so there is so much to be stressed out about. It's actually untrue. You know, exams. You know, making sure everything's going okay mentally. Um, you know, COVID. Not not to mention, you know, the. the the future of our country and our world you know everyone's talking about oh global warming and and it's kind of our problem now 
you know, is my my generation. We're the ones that have got to deal with it in the future. So there's just it's it's not. I'm not using these as excuses, but you know, there is just a lot to be stressed out about, and sometimes parents can't ever understand or comprehend it because they haven't grown up in an age like like this, like how we're growing up. Um, I can tell I'm sidetracking a bit. Um, back to the point. I think it's, you know, sometimes we just... What I'm trying to say is sometimes we just want to shut away from the big wide world and just, you know, freeze time for a bit, you know, and, and sometimes we just lash out sometimes because we've we you know it's just everything gets a bit too much sometimes um but that's the one thing i think is don't take it personal you know it's not it's not the parents fault um we just need i think i think we just need time to deal and process what's going on in our minds before we even consider letting someone else in the, well, this is the, both these conversations from them have yeah. been really helpful, haven't they? I mean, there's one thing from that that I was almost immediately reminded of from my childhood, which would be, which was, and it would happen with my nan more because she wanted to know stuff. She was, she, you know, nosy. say she was nosy. She was nosy, mm. but you know, when I look back, it was probably coming from a place of wanting to know how safe I was and did it, and she was just nosy. She wanted to know everything. Um, and I think you made a really interesting point, Carlitos, there, where um, I think the reason you can often be greeted with a frustration or an unwillingness to talk back from your kids when you're wanting to kind of get in there because you've seen stuff going on or you've, you've sensed something or what have you, it's a really unwanted tug back into reality. You know, as a teenager, you yeah. want to escape reality. And if you've got a parent hectoring yes. you in any kind yes. or unkind or d direct or indirect fashion... It's tugging. You're like, no, yes. I actually am trying to escape yes. this. Yeah. And I think that's but really important. But they can important. be so wonderful on the outside. You could hear them chatting and laughing with their friends and then they walk through the door in there and, and they appear to plunge into abject misery. Yeah. That's them taking a moment they won't away from that. They want to escape the reality and, of everything. And, and I don't think you sidetracked at all, no. actually, Carlitos. I think that was the point. That is the point that we have to remember that there is so much going on. You are being told that the world is coming to an end. Mm. There is a global pandemic. There is Russia nipping at the heels of Europe. There's a lot mm. going on. And we think that you're not thinking about these things, but of course you are. Yeah. They're slipping in. All of this goes, goes you know, is, is by osmosis going in. And I think you've asked for time and patience to process what you're dealing with. And, you know, both of them have said, they both, I could tell, both of them felt like they weren't really telling us anything, but they were. Yeah. They And they were both saying the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a big wide world out there. We're actually quite young when we have to go out and negotiate it. Yeah. And so the only way that we can do that is to, at points, pull up our braces and exclude those that we love and we know loves us back feelings mm. because we've just got to get on with the job in hand, which yeah. is bracing ourselves for the world. So it takes me back to what Maddie says there. Please don't let me know you're worrying because it's another thing for me to worry Big about. To worry about. Yeah. And, I, and I, I stress, you know, it's important enough for these <clears throat> kids to escape the reality. Just because they walk through the door chitting, chatting, chitting, chatting to all their friends, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what they're feeling inside. So when they get inside and, like you say, they, they drop like a bungee jump into a sort of place of uh, total despair, silence, and you're like, well, why are you not talking to me? Actually, this is where they can decompress. This is where they can mm. not put on the And armor. that's good. That's yeah. home, yeah, that's isn't home. it? Yeah. Um, so going to the social... Many adults come in and pop open a bottle of wine the second they walk, yeah. walk through the door to decompress from what's happened in the day. And if our teenagers did that, we'd be worried. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. 
so socials, what would you like your team to talk to you about, you asked, Nadia. Um, uh, some of the answers here are very simple, very simple, bless them, and very sweet. In a just way. help. Just want a few things. Throw yeah. them a bone, kids. So Kimberly can I, sorry, can I just cough? So Kimberly Smirrell says, just an honest answer about how they're feeling. Mm. Um, well, we've heard it's not that easy. It's very, very complex. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or as Maddie said, it's complicated and weird. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda Guy says anything. College, friends, how they're feeling, what, they, what they're what they excited about. Any conversation. Oh, um, oh I hear you. No, I feel I you. I'm giving you a big mama hug. Deb Grice, uh, my 16-year-old girl talks to me still, obviously only to the limit she wants, but we are close and cherish every minute. Oh, lovely. Um unintentionally unconventional i'd just like mine to ask me how i'm doing that's interesting eldest is a teen this year yeah mm. i mean i know what you mean there it's kind of and you don't necessarily have to mean that in a sort of poor me sort of way it's like yeah have you thought to ask me what's going on in our, in our lives and in, that's in our dog day. by the way drinking yeah. water now well yeah i mean every so often the girls will say to me how was your day and i'm like Oh, my God, I almost don't know what to say. It's just such a shock, isn't it, yeah. when they ask it back? Uh, Amanda I love T. It. Roach says, I'd like them to talk to me about what their hopes and dreams are. Mm. Uh, a lot of people say how they're feeling. Natalie Barker, how they're feeling. Sal Price, just to find out how they're feeling and coping with yeah. current day life. Yeah. Uh, Max Nelson, anything. Mommy Lou Poopy, their emotions, what they're feeling. K's Jed Z, their feelings. This is sweet. This really is. Um, his feelings of moving 400 miles away to be with his girlfriend, says Deb Roma. Oh, Deb. Oh. oh, because, of course, it's your feelings. You want to know what you, you want him to say, oh, Mum, I've got to do this because this yeah. is right for me. My God, I'm going to miss being able to pop in. That's yeah. what you want to hear, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's what I'd want to hear. Emma Carter, just to explain, hi, lovely, just to explain to my eldest Joshua that I love him, he knows, and I really need him to talk, help me brother who really needs him and I do too to give Connor my youngest support and understanding mm. um, uh, Vicky Lucas how is she feeling about her life what her dreams and hopes are mm. uh, Mrs Carr 78 her feelings her dad has stage 4 cancer she's 13 and she just doesn't open up about oh, it. oh god sweetheart. oh no sweetheart sweetheart oh. Both of you. you know maybe contact Young Minds UK they are a brilliant organisation and they do um, they do little courses, don't they, Mark, for parents yeah, yeah, and yeah. communication, yeah. Like one day and two day courses. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, uh, God, poor you. Sanro514 has school day. We'd love to hear how it went, the gossip, any new friends she has, stuff. Oh, yeah. it's the stuff, it's isn't the it? stuff. Isn't it? Yeah, it's the. God, I feel emotional. I know it's the fine line, but it's, it's the simplicity of what we want. Oh. It's the fine line between yeah. what they consider as a bit nosy and what we just think is. It's no, a just bit chat colour. to me. Why don't you come home from nursery and say, I had a biscuit, and my thing did it, which we just want the chat. Yeah. We want the chatter. Jeannie Ben says, What's bothering them, but mostly why their arms can't reach the floor to pick shit up? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Emily Hume, how he was really getting on at school and what he worries about in life. Yeah. Life. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Uh, I suppose it's. I suppose so often with the worries, they just think you can't fix it because we can't. No. If you've got something that's hassling you at school, if you've got, I don't know, we can't actually fix it, and so they don't want to fall into that trap. Yeah. Almost of having that conversation and actually knowing at the end of the day everything's going to stay exactly the yeah. same. <laughs> tra la la, hi tra la la. Some wise person said to me, You lose your teens at 14, but they come back as friends at 20. I'm definitely finding that with my eldest son now, he's talking to me lots more. Yeah. I'd love my absolutely. daughter to talk to me about just stuff, nothing important, but just a wee insight yeah. into her day and anything that happened that she's gossiped to her friends about yeah, yeah it's, it's being included in that but that's interesting I like that phrase you know you lose your teens at 14 but they come back as friends at 20 I think the other thing is you have to be almost forensic with how you respond to what they say if everything they tell you, you immediately go to a place of advice or a place of criticism of the friend or the boyfriend or whatever they will shut down you have to let go of the reins of control a bit about being the 
provider, the advisor, and you have to just go, oh, really? But sometimes they tell me things and I want to go, oh, my. And I go, oh, right. Oh, okay. And you just yeah. pull back. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Because yeah. the next time they go, oh, mum will only say yeah. X, Y, Z. Um, Be unpredictable, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and finally, Suzanne Duthie or Duthie says, it comes back. They need to have their own thoughts and feelings. It does come back. Very simple, very moving, very not complex things that we want to know. And yet at the same time, we just have to be, it goes back to this. Um, Be patient. There was actually, maybe we missed it because I had seen that there was one from a young person that said something like, don't stare right at us and don't ask everything in one go. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's sometimes what children get, teenagers get worried about is that, that if they open a bit, we're going to want to know everything. Yes. And again, it goes back to patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask 25 questions. Maybe this is just going to be one or yeah, two. yeah. And it's really hard sometimes to, mm. to, to shut up. And also, it sounds trite, but Carlito said it, is have empathy. I mean, and the, you know, you might say, well, what does that mean? What it means is, just because you don't understand why they've got a problem with what they've got a problem doesn't with. Doesn't mean they haven't it got a problem. Doesn't mean they haven't got a problem. Yeah. You know, you might think, well, that shouldn't affect you or it wouldn't affect me yeah. or it doesn't affect your sibling. Yeah. But actually, it's all relative, you know? And, and not to get competitive with feelings. Well, you think you've had, had a hard day. I've got this stack of bills. My boss was a bastard to me today. You know, because that's not our place no. as a parent no. to compare who had the harder day. No because they have no concept of what a hard day is for an adult, and neither should they. In this moment, right here, right now, that day is the worst day possibly for them, and there's no point showing them what the future could be like. Absolutely. How much more difficult it is, yeah. because, it, because they, they won't be able to fathom that concept. And, uh, listener, if you're wondering why there's slight tension in my voice, it's because I'm now trying to do the standing tree pose. <laughs> Um, well, you know what's really weird? I've actually got a yoga lesson now. Um, <laughs> I've so actually be, got a yoga lesson. Be patient. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! <laughs>